from legendary locals we all know to people you should get to know. Follow Ipswich Today on your favourite app and never miss an episode or go to ipswichtoday.com.au. Coming up, cracks in heritage provisions within Ipswich City Council's planning scheme exposed as Council approves a new fast food outlet in Goodna, building better blocks and placemaking, and the latest update on new tenants for the Nicholas Street Precinct. It's Friday, September 23, 2022, and I'm Alan Roebuck. Welcome to Ipswich Today, which acknowledges the traditional custodians of the land on which it is produced and pays respects to elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. A new KFC in Goodner was approved amid controversy by Ipswich City Council at a special meeting of councillors held on September 6. The approval allows for the removal of a pre-1946 timber home at Queen Street, Goodner to make way for the new fast food outlet. In the meeting, Councillor Paul Tully listed a foreshadowed motion which essentially called for the house to remain on the site. Council ultimately approved the circa 1906 house be relocated to Rosewood and while lengthy, it's worth hearing in full Paul Tully's argument to reject the officer's report approving the material change of use for the site. This is a foreshadowed motion um, in relation to the motion that's already been moved. Thank you. And... Um, it's broken into A, A and B, but A is the uh, dominant part of the uh, proposal. The foreshadowed motion A, A, that application number 6610 stroke 2022 stroke MCU in relation to the property situated at 16 Queen Street, Goodner, received on 8 July 2022 from Parmac Property Investments Proprietary Limited for a material change of use, business use, fast food premises be refused for the following reasons. One, history of Goodner. Goodner was first recorded as a name by surveyor James Warner in the 1840s and was officially established in 1856 when it was still part of New South Wales and still retained some of its unique local character, 24 kilometres west of the Brisbane CBD and 16 kilometres to the east of the Ipswich CBD. Refusal of this development is the only way this dwelling and its environs can be protected in situ for future generations. Two, history of the site. The property at 16 Queen Street, Goodner, was identified in the Ipswich City Council 1992 Heritage Study by the University of Queensland as of key heritage significance in the suburb. The importance of the property included the age of the dwelling, circa 1906, combined with its historical social significance within the local area. The dwelling at 16 Queen Street, Goodner, was home for some four decades until the 1940s for the well-known Queensland family of John and Mary Carroll. John and Mary had opened and taught at a day school at Redbank Plains from 1874 to 1909. They had seven sons and two daughters, including their second son, Edward John Carroll, who formed the famous national cinematic chain of Birch, Carroll and Coyle, with E.J. Carroll introducing talkie movies to Ipswich, Toowoomba and other parts of Queensland and Australia. The Carroll family home at this location was a major social hub in southeast Queensland during the early decades of the 20th century with entertainers from the United Kingdom and the United States in attendance over the years. One such entertainer was renowned Scottish singer Sir Harry Lauder, who attended the Carroll family home in July 1925, which was reported in the Brisbane Courier of 27 July 1925. Official recognition of the site. 
The importance of the building and location is officially recognised A in the Ipswich planning scheme as a pre-1946 dwelling recognised in the scheme as a Schedule 3 listing, B by virtue of the heritage plaque proposed by the Ipswich City Council Planning and Development Department and directed by Council in, 19, in 2012 with the consent of the then owner just inside the front boundary of the property which reads, this was once the home of Mary Carroll who purchased the land in 1906. Mary and her husband John Carroll were well known and respected within the community. They opened and taught at a day school at Redback Plains from 1874 to 1909 where Mary was assistant head teacher and John was the head teacher. Mary and John had nine children, seven sons and two daughters. Edward John Carroll and Daniel Joseph Carroll were theatrical and cinema managers and they screened silent films in Ipswich and Brisbane in the early 20th century. Edward joined with G.H. Birch to form Messrs Birch Carroll and Carroll, which later became Birch Carroll and Coyle. It was this house that Mrs Carroll entertained guests of her sons who came from overseas. Harry Lauder, the Scottish coal miner with a glorious voice, was one such guest. And the bottom of the plaque reads an initiative of Ipswich City Council, marker number 101. See, by the widespread recognition of the historical importance of the property by the Ipswich City Council and the community, with its inclusion in the Council publication Goodner Then and Now in 2003, which identifies the property at 16 Queen Street, Goodner, relating to its age, history and social importance. Four, proposed development of the site. The proposed removal of the dwelling to make way for a gaudy Kentucky Fried Chicken store Operating 24 hours a day, seven days a week would make a mockery of the Ipswich planning scheme by placing undue emphasis on the zoning of the property, major centre zone, compared with its major historical significance, when both can be similarly recognised and addressed with the retention of the existing dwelling. Moving the home to Rosewood some 35 kilometres away kilometres away is not an adequate alternative nor an appropriate recognition of the historical and existing development of this site within the broader Goodner area during the past 166 years. There is strong community opposition to the development despite the fact that it is code accessible and not advertised in the printed, printed and online newspapers in the local area when the current application became known to the community including for example in Ipswich News today on the 21st of July 2022 heading locals reject heritage move bid. Goodner residents say they don't need another KFC especially one that would come at the expense of a historic home Timothy Carmichael, who lives two houses down from the property, wrote on social media the house was one of the most beautiful homes in street. Simon Ingram wrote, it was ridiculous, damaging to our heritage and completely unnecessary. Another resident, Andrew Murphy, said it made a joke of protecting heritage listed houses. To me, that includes the site it was originally built on by moving the house. It has no heritage significance anymore. And that's the conclusion of the quotes from the newspaper. The underlying planning zoning major centre zone does not preclude the adaptive reuse of the building for a wide variety of commercial and or community uses which would provide proper recognition of the important heritage value of the property in situ, enabling both the heritage value and the zoning of the property to be equally recognised without sterilising appropriate use of the site for commercial or community purposes. The dwelling is the only remaining property of its era from the early 1900s in Queen Street, Goodner, the main street from the Ipswich motorway south to Alice Street, a distance of almost 600 metres, creating the last opportunity for this only surviving dwelling of its vintage and social significance and the associated site to continue to be recognised and protected as part of the rich heritage of Goodner. 
having a plaque installed and or other online recognition of the site if the building were to be removed and a fast food premises established would be a travesty of proper recognition of local history for the people of Goodna and the city of Ipswich. Five, traffic and amenity. At 16 Queen Street, Goodna, the external carriageway is a relatively narrow two-lane road with a narrow verge on each side. This does not permit of a road widening to allow a deceleration lane or left turn lane into or out of the property heading south from the Ipswich motorway or a separate turning lane into the property heading north coming from the direction of Red Bank Plains. Queen Street Goodner is one of the busiest suburban roads in the city of Ipswich, excluding main roads, with a traffic count of 18,181 vehicle movements a day, according to the latest official traffic survey by Ipswich City Council in 2021. Notwithstanding the applicant's traffic proposal, the operation of KFC's Red Bank and Red Bank Plain stores located within major shopping centres demonstrates an excessive amount of vehicular traffic causing traffic bank-ups on internal roads and interfering with cars attempting to enter and or leave both sites. The proposed store at Goodner fronting Queen Street would bring identical problems onto the main street and would be certain to create traffic chaos in Queen Street given the way in which the other local KFC stores operate in practice many hours each day. Once the queuing facility within the proposed KFC site is full, traffic on Queen Street would come to a complete standstill as there is no passing lane in either direction and no physical way to provide one. If northbound traffic were to be banned from entering the site, vehicles would have to travel north to the existing heavily congested Goodner roundabout at the corner of Queen's and Church Streets with six separate traffic legs associated with that roundabout. This would put additional strain on the roundabout, exacerbating existing safety issues in relation to the roundabout, as well as the nearby pedestrian crossing, school crossing at 9 Queen Street, Goodner, which services St Francis Xavier Catholic School at Church Street, Goodner. And paragraph B at the end, that the foregoing reasons constitute Council's reasons for its decision pursuant to section 254H of the Local Government Regulation 2012. Mayor Theresa Harding put a series of relevant questions to Council's Acting Development Planning Manager, Anthony Bowles, before the vote was taken. Could you please outline the zoning that is currently in place at the subject site and what are the overlays and other constraints in play? Uh, yep. Uh, so the property is in the major centre zone. Uh, there's also a sub area, a uh, Queen Street East sub area for the property. Um, it's also in these listed in Schedule 3 identified places of interest. That's basically all the, the overlays, so there's no flooding or, or other overlays. It's quite simple, the zoning and the, the Schedule 3 listing. So what does a major centre zone mean? Um, look, I can. it's actually fairly brief in the planning scheme. I can read you that directly. Um, the major centres, from its name, is intended to provide commercial centres, uh, commercial activities, commercial uses. So there's two sections. There's for the, the good and the major centre itself, mm -hmm. and then the sub-area. Uh, the overall vision for the Goodness Centre is um, stated as follows, the overall vision, capitalising on its strategic location and high quality public transport linkages to Ipswich and Brisbane, the Goodness Centre will be transformed into an exemplar of transit-oriented development. Uh, it goes on to say that contemporary subtropical architecture and high quality public realm, including a new town square and a vibrant array of new uses will ensure an attractive and thriving sustainable place. Uh, going down to the sub-area zone intent, um, I'll just get to that. So this is the um, secondary business area, Queen Street uh, sub-area. 
Uh, it supports the primary business area and uses and works include retailing, commercial, community uses and recreational entertainment activities with opportunities for residential uses above the ground floor. <clears throat> Principally, the zone is intended for res um, retailing and commercial activities supporting the principal centre okay. in the town in, in Goodna. How long has the Goodna Commercial Centre classification been in place and can you tell us when and how it was originally brought in? Just from my quick review, I understand it to have come into place in 2004 mm -hmm. um, with the, the planning scheme. However, the, there's been quite a few planning schemes before the 2004 planning schemes. Um, there would have been an expansion of the centre over time. Um, there, there has been some amendments to the Goodna um, Town Major Centre Zone. Uh, predominantly uh, in 2007, there was an amendment to align the terminology in the zone to align with the um, Southeast Queensland Regional Plan. There were further amendments to locations within the zone in 2012, uh, including the area behind this property in the character mixed use sub area, uh, as well as some amendments in 2007 to uh, Schedule 2, which is uh, a higher level of um, heritage protection in a few properties in Goodner as well. So there have been, um, over time, some incremental changes to that town centre, but nothing major other than the introduction of the 2007 amendments to align with the um, South East Queensland okay. Regional Plan. Look, I understand there's a heritage overlay over the site. What level of classification has the site been given? Uh, so the property is listed in Schedule 3, which is uh, identified places of interest. Uh, so it isn't a character zone or, or a local heritage list, uh, listing or a listing on the State Heritage Register. It's, mm -hmm. um, it's a specific uh, type of listing that we have in Ipswich City Council. Um, in terms of what that, that means or, or what the intent for Schedule 3 is, is that uh, these places of interest are located in an area where the stated planning expectation is that the land could be developed at a significantly higher intensity than offered by the existing building. Um, so that's one of the statements about Schedule 3 is that uh, the Area, the property of interest or the building is identified, but it's also not necessarily required to be retained in situ. So um, I made reference a minute ago about the character mixed-use sub-area, uh, and that's a, uh, a sub-area we have across the city, but there are individual sub-areas, um, including one in Goodnard, sub-area 17, which talks about retaining character houses and using them for um, retain them in situ and using for them commercial uses as well. Okay. So we do have a zone that's specific for using a existing character dwelling or character building for commercial uses, commercial reuse. So, uh, and that has been something that has been applied to the properties behind this one. So when was the heritage classification considered and applied? Uh, April 2004, I understand. 2004? Um, okay. Again, the Schedule 3 and the Schedule 2 uh, more contemporary versions or parts of the current planning scheme framework that we have. So uh, character protection in planning schemes varies from different councils. So um, Brisbane City Council has a demolition control precinct, for example. There's, there's uh, outside of individual local um, planning scheme provisions, there's a state heritage register and local heritage registers. So um, our Schedule 2, 3 system is something that Ipswich City Council has. Okay. Um, I know with the, the foreshadowed motion, um, Councillor talks about the, a heritage study that was done by the University of Queensland in 1992. Mm -hmm. um, so are you aware of why the house hasn't been considered for higher protection under Council's heritage protections or within the state government's Queensland Heritage Register? The, it, it comes in uh, basically amalgam of those two provisions that we talked about. The desire for the Goodner Town Centre 
uh, major centre to have um, you know commercial res um, commercial uses uh, in the near the town centre near the train station as a larger transit oriented development um, as well as the part of the, the schedule three which identifies that those homes or those locations can be re removed when the sub area allows for those uses so when you combine them together you get a picture where we've done a planning study we've identified the places of interest we've also identified that we have an underlying desire for um, commercial uses in this locality therefore we've allowed this particular property to be relocated um, rather than retaining situ behind this property and other areas in the city we take a different stance where we say no we want to retain these properties and we want commercial activities to occur in this building uh, and that, that's what we've done with the mixed use commercial mixed use zone behind this property okay. so is there anything stopping the owners from removing or relocating the house right now I mean would they require council approval if they wanted to move it today or tomorrow or so a schedule three listed property uh, it's exempt development to relocate a building um, there may be a permit required if the house is being moved to a location that has other overlays or character overlay um, the, the planning scheme states that ideally the, the um, building is relocated within the local area um, but it doesn't require that uh, it does allow it to be so, relocated within the local government area. So does that mean it doesn't require a, a permit? They could do it, they could move it, but where they put it, where they put the house would require Potentially. a permit or permission it, from council? That's right. It's, it's not necessarily required. Um, so, yeah. for example, if it was moving to a place that had no other constraints mm -hmm. and was in the low-density area rather than character area, it could be relocated there without a permit. And the owner could do that at any time now without council permission? That's correct. Okay. Um, would the owner be allowed to demolish the building could they do, or would they need a council permission to do that? Uh, that would be more difficult. Uh, so yeah, the, the ability to relocate would be exempt, but um, demolishing would require, would require an council yeah. permission. Yeah. Okay. Would we be able to condition, can council condition that if we were to relocate that it stays in Goodner? Um, I think that would be difficult. Um, it, it's not a assessment benchmark other than an, it, it's really that requirement or that that outcome is a note in the planning scheme that says you know ideally it isn't um say for example a specific outcome that says it should be mm. um, it isn't um it isn't a strong case for a condition um, we can certainly encourage it um, but because the planning scheme also states that it's possible to move it within the local government area they would already you know moving into the proposed location already complies with that note on its own so i think it would be a difficult condition to 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 place on okay is there another way that we as a council could recognise the heritage of that site and that building? Um, we, we've proposed a condition to um, provide some more information or, or essentially update the current heritage marker to include information about the new location mm -hmm. of the, um, or the new proposed location of the dwelling. Um, and, and there's some information that we could provide on the site that identifies that, yes, this this site is um, significant and this, this dwelling was here at this time, however it has been like relocated. Uh, that is one thing we've put in as a draft condition. Um, I'd be open to other ideas, but I think that's, um, that's a fairly consistent way of um, managing a scenario where a, a building has either been demolished or lost for, for other reasons or relocated. Uh, certainly it's a common outcome that you'd see. We've already got a, a marker on the site and certainly that we've, we've recognised the significance of the site, as mentioned already, um, and we could include more information on that, but that would probably be about as much as we could do, I'd say. Okay. Um, there was discussions also in the foreshadowed motion about traffic 
and I know the report speaks to it, but could you speak to, it is a very busy street, Queen Street? It is. Um, it is also a street where uh, we've identified major centres activity to occur, centres uses to occur, commercial uses and things like that. So the applicant has submitted traffic reports that demonstrate um, that the the use will not have a significant impact on the, the road network any more than what should be expected for a use of this type in this zone. So um, there are also some planned upgrades to, I believe, the capacity upgrades to the roundabout. I think we mentioned that in the report, actually. Um, down in Alice Street, um, Alice and Queen Streets. So there will be some improvements to the um, vehicle movements in that location um, in terms of the capacity upgrade, but uh, the applicant has demonstrated sufficiently um, that the com proposal complies with the, um, the planning scheme in that respect. Are there any potential legal consequences for council if councils decide to refuse the application today? Uh, I would say the main um, consequence would be a potential appeal for council right. in the Planning Environment Court. Um, so uh, an appeal against our decision seeking to overturn it. Right. Uh, and how much does that normally cost? Um, it really depends on the ability to negotiate um, or the, the level of disagreement about the proposal. So anything between officer time and officer solicitors um, to hundreds and thousands to millions of dollars. But okay. on a matter of this scale, you could be looking at something between two hundred to seven hundred thousand okay. dollars. Um, by comparison, um, appeals that result in a significant disagreement on a policy level can can be protracted because you need yep. a significant amount of experts and you could be looking at that higher end five hundred thousand mm -hmm. um, legal costs. So yeah, it can be significant. And in your opinion, um, if it was appealed, what do you th think the, based uh, on your experience, what would happen? In my opinion, I think there would be difficulty in, in um, putting up a strong defence because of the, the clear statements in the planning scheme about allowing a property um, such as this, the Schedule 3 property, to be relocated within the, the local government area and the, the use complying essentially with all the assessment benchmarks that are relevant to what we're, we're talking about in, as far as the refusal today. So I, th I think there'll be great difficulty in defending that appeal. There were further questions from councillors Marnie Doyle, Paul Tully, Andrew Fechner and Russell Milligan, which can be viewed on Council's YouTube channel. Here's the vote for the officers' recommendations. With that, I'll put the matter to the vote. Those in favour, please raise your hand. That's myself, Councillor Cornsman, Councillor Milligan, Councillor Fechner. Those against, it's Councillor Tully. Um, how do you vote, um, Councillor Island, Councillor Madsen? I'll vote against. Against. Thank you, Councillor Madsen. Uh, sorry, I'll vote against, Mayor. Thank you very much. Um, abstaining. That's abstaining. So that makes it essentially a tie. And I have the casting vote, so I vote to approve this. In the wash-up over Council's decision to approve this new KFC, Councillor Marnie Doyle moved the notice of motion at September's Growth, Infrastructure and Waste Committee, which took a swipe at former planning chair Paul Tully, who in turn raised a point of order. Uh, I would like to give formal notice of my intention to submit a notice of motion at the next council ordinary meeting. This notice of motion relates to an updated heritage study to assist and inform our new planning scheme. Uh, noting it's which City Council has submitted a first draft of the new planning scheme to the state uh, for consideration and review. 
my notice of motion will request an information report from council officers giving consideration to and advice on the type of heritage study that needs to be undertaken uh, to inform our new planning scheme, noting the previous heritage study um, that we used to inform the current planning scheme took place in the 90s, I believe. Um, as we're all aware, uh, this council uh, is currently drafting a new planning scheme. This is one of the most significant and enduring pieces of work undertaken by any local government and one which will directly uh, affect our residents, property owners and business owners over the coming decades. It's crucial that we get this right and I know our skilled and committed council planning and heritage offers uh, officers are putting in uh, enormous effort to do just that. The new planning scheme will of course impact the built heritage of our city, which is extremely important to this council and many Ipswich residents. We have so much heritage to be proud of and so much heritage to protect, but we also only have a finite amount of resources. However, over the last two years, through conversations with residents and property owners, with council officers deeply involved in drafting the new planning scheme, and through my membership of the Queensland Heritage Council, I've become increasingly concerned about the potential gaps and blind spots uh, in our understanding of our city's heritage. Most recently, the predicament of Carroll House at Goodna came to light. Uh, Councillor Tully has gone on the record in local media as being incensed by our decision at the last ordinary council meeting in relation to Carroll House at Goodna, and also on the record that many are shaking their head in disbelief about this decision. Councillor Tully, I shake my head in disbelief every day that we have the oldest and arguably the most inadequate planning scheme in Queensland that provides inadequate protection for our heritage. Point of order, Mayor. A notice of motion is just that. It's table. It's not debated. I don't believe there's a motion before the council at the moment. And, and I was going to raise that at the start. I, okay. uh, it's not an opportunity to debate an issue that's coming up okay, thank you, further on. Thank you, Councillor Tully. I'm, I'm, I'm not debating an issue, Mayor. I'm, I'm setting out my notice of motion. Um, and I, I, I note Councillor Tully um, is usually um, requesting... Um, you know, a little bit of creative freedom I'll, when you speak. I, I like to run I'd things for the same. Thank you. Thank you. I usually like to run things a little bit informally. So, if you could uh, like to complete your, your intention of, of a notice of motion, Mayor, could I just understand on my point of order whether or not all of this wording is part of the motion? Yes, it is. So everything you're reading is going to be in the motion. Merits my understanding um, from uh, meeting procedures. I don't believe I need to address Councillor Tully. Okay, thank you. You know, I'd like to give everyone a bit of latitude, but if you could like to finish your reading at the notice of motion that you intend to submit at the next ordinary, Councillor Doyle. I think I have one sentence left. Okay, thank you, Councillor Doyle. My question is why wasn't Carroll House afforded greater protection under the existing planning scheme at any point over the last 20 years plus, using mechanisms such as a temporary local planning instrument, planning scheme amendment, or a Queensland Heritage Council uh, application for the property to be entered into the State Register. Thank you, Mayor. Thank you very much for that notice of motion. Are there any other notices of motion to come to a future meeting? Mayor, could I just make a very brief response to that? Um, officers had indicated to me that the protection there would um, enable the home to be 
protected there. there it was never raised by officers that there was a deficiency or a defect um, in the planning scheme that would enable it to okay. be moved. Sorry, I'll, I'll say, Councillor, this is a, a time for notices of motion, so I'll have to. We'll be having a meeting in two weeks' time, so I'll now move to matters arising. And in case you missed the September round of committees, Council Officer Erin Marchant presented a report to the Ipswich Central Redevelopment Committee on the Building Better Blocks and Neighbourhoods event. Um, we had 87 um, people pay to come to that event. We got seven other local governments come along and four state government departments, which is a real nod to the placemaking movement in Queensland. Unfortunately, we are a little bit behind our other, the other states in Australia. So to have an event that's so successful and sold out is actually a really big achievement. The second part of the day, which was um, up in Darcy Doyle, was also such an achievement for not only council, but for the Ipswich Central Partnership. They, led, they worked with us and collaborated to deliver what actually transformed on the day, which was a pallet stage. Um, we did some painting on the pavement. We did an engagement stand. We did pallet furniture. Um, we had tire seats and we had painting um, of artworks. So all up, they actually helped with us and worked together and delivered a really successful event, which then they followed on and delivered their own event, which was Unlock the Block. The talent show was amazing, um, attracted people from far and wide. And we had an, an excellent evening with kids games on the grass and um, food around. Plus also, um, I know Indian Mephil really benefited from having that activation up there as well. The placemaking approach that we've taken with the Ipswich Central Revitalisation is, is different. So a normal traditional approach, um, you might look at doing a, you know, a background review on different projects that are already underway. You might draft up a master plan, engage with the community and then present something final and then implement. But the approach that we've taken is people-centred. So really we started with that co-design vision and identity for um, Ipswich Central. We've worked on a couple of different little trials of projects, um, events and activations is really where we're sort of sitting at the moment, but also building that local capacity with the Ipswich Central partnership to show that they can deliver as alongside council or as the lead and place governance within our own council internally, but also externally, again, working with the partnership group. And obviously our locally led place plans have been key with the activation. We've actually um, delivered on a number of those place plans, um, recommendations. Um, some of them are, we have led ourselves and some of them we have um, got the Ipswich Central Partnership to work on themselves and then we've just assisted and enabled them where we, have, where we can. We've also worked on reducing red tape and making it easier for people in the future. Um, and I guess the big part about placemaking is it really combines that real, it's a real holistic approach. It's that economic, the commercial, the social and the environmental and sustainability of the approach. It's really about citizen-led development and developing deeper connections to places because we know that sticky places are places that people want to be and stay. Meanwhile, Council Officer James Hepburn updated the committee with the latest on leasing of council-owned properties in the CBD. To date, um, as you can see, we've got um, Zambrero, Gelatissimo and Terry White Chemists along with um, that dumpling successfully open. Um, the announcement of Hoyt's um, 
well, nearly a month ago now has helped drive that leasing a bit harder. And um, currently, only last week, we had the Vietnamese that we've reported on Bum Bum Bao actually um, also execute their documents. Um, so handover to them will be happening in the coming weeks. Currently on site, we have the Sushi Hayo and the Stella Rossa teams fitting out. So behind those hoardings are the cafe and um, the, the sushi train taking place with uh, openings looking to come towards the back end of October, early November at this stage. Um, there has been one new deal um, this month and since I've been away, and that is to replace the burger chain that we were talking about that sits on Bottle Alley with a, a similar burger chain, but this one has a more of a local twist to it. Um, we can't release who it is just yet, but it's quite an exciting brand evolution um, for the city centre. So all in all, um, generally the food leasing is going quite well. Um, we now need to start picking up um, with the internal Metro B mall uh, and, and trying to bring forwards the, the nail bar, um, the, the skin clinic, and then hopefully a bank over the next couple of uh, weeks or months. Councillor Doyle asked if there had been an increase in interest since the Hoyts announcement. Certainly in the big format restaurants we have, um, and there has been a lot of discussions already with the leisure operators. Um, anyone in the bowling, laser tag, um, in that sort of fun um, entertainment style offer um, have, have immediately got back in contact with us off the, the announcement of Hoyts, which is great news. Um, and hopefully that will lead us into um, a flurry of activity this side of Christmas to try and set the theme um, and the tenant lineup for the venue building in particular for its opening towards the back end of next year. And a reminder, you'll find handy links in the show notes, including to Council's YouTube channel, where you can watch Council meetings live or on demand. Ipswich Today is supported by Kinetics, people-powered web hosting trusted by Australian businesses since 1999. This podcast is also listener-supported. Please make a once-only gift or regular donation to help keep it online. Just go to ipswitchtoday.com.au and click the donate button on the homepage to make a payment through PayPal. Follow and stream this podcast from your favourite app, including iHeartRadio and Amazon Music Podcasts, or play Ipswich Today from smart speakers. Music is supplied by Purple Planet Music. This is Alan Roebuck. Thank you for listening. Enjoying Ipswich today? Please share the love on your socials.